Welcome to Shelving Cart. I'm Sarah. And I'm Teddy. And we're both librarians here to have a podcast book club with each other and all of you. On Shelving Cart, we talk about books like it's a one-hour book club meeting, so we talk about likes, dislikes, reviews, general feelings, and more. And we generally completely spoil the book, so be warned. But today, we will be wrapping up our season by discussing everything that we read and just talking about general feelings from the season as a whole. So spoilers for every single book that we read this season, maybe? Yes, yeah. <laughs> you know, we're not going to do... We talked about every book in depth already um, on the pod. But I guess, like, in terms of comparison stuff, there are a couple of categories that we want to talk about. So, like, I guess, Sarah, to start off, like, what was your favorite world to live in? Okay, so I have two mm-hmm. favorite worlds, mm-hmm. and um, the first one is Earthsea. Um, yes. I just felt like that one, we like ping-ponged across it so much that it was so comfortable, um, and I felt like that one was really fleshed out really quickly. Um, and then I would say the city in Bourne. Now, I wouldn't want to live there, but I do feel like it was the place that had the most setting feeling to me that we read. It had the city that Bourne takes place in, I felt like was really a real place that I could like almost see or touch when I was reading the story. So that's, those are definitely my top two favorite ones. What about you? Well, first, let me just say that I'm so glad that anything from Bourne made your favorites lists. Um, I... I'm just so happy. (laughs) Um, That makes me feel really good um, because that's one of my favorite books of all time. Um, And I agree with you. My favorite world that I put, though, was Pan Am from The Hunger Games. Wow. Okay. I would not, again, obviously want to live there, but it is, there's something so fun about how fucked up Pan Am is in that, like, the whole time, reading it as an adult, especially, I was like, yeah, that is fucked up. I'm reflecting on American imperialism right now. Like, it was just like, there was, a, <laughs> there was a lot of, like, really fun grossness to Pan Am that I really liked. And yeah. I also thought that, like, I don't know, it's like, there's something fun about it being, like, so exaggerated in its premise that I just, like, had a really good time reading. I was like, yeah, yeah, get into it you know yeah definitely makes sense i mean the hunger games was the one that you were like and i will go and finish the series yeah now. that's true yeah i was like i'll yeah. live here for a little while longer yeah that's true yeah yes yes and then for me i'm slowly making my way through Earthsea now right. for the record yeah. i am also reading the tombs of atuan right now yeah yeah are you liking it i am really liking it yeah i really uh, very much enjoyed that one yeah <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, who was your favorite character of the whole season? Um, I have three, and then one f- just for you. Um, is Ooh. that my favorites were probably Katniss. Yeah, you know that I am Katniss's number one defender of all time. That's something we learned about you this season for sure. Yes, I also feel like some of the like the which we talked about obviously at length in the Hunger Games episode but Katniss I think became a much more real character to me as an adult than she ever was when I was yeah. um a middle schooler reading it and then watching the movies 
and seeing kind of the the flat version that the movies gave us just because we didn't get internal monologue from Katniss in the movies. Um, It really came, made me appreciate the depth of Katniss. Then uh, White Alice from Camp Zero is my my other favorite. Um, And then also Ged. I really liked Ged in Earthsea. And then this one's for Teddy. Uh, honorable mention is Mord. Yes. From Born. <laughs> yeah. Um, this didn't make it into the cut of our, like the final cut of our episode, but I'm getting a Mord tattoo um, <laughs> on Monday. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> um, I do love Mord. That is, thank you for the honorable mention. Um, yeah, I think Katniss is like, we kind of discussed this maybe a little in our Hunger Games episode, but like, when you're 12 and you're reading about Katniss, you're like, I'm Katniss. Uh, but when you're an adult, you're like, I'm not Katniss. Katniss is Katniss and she's fucking cool. Like, yeah. there's a lot more of her going on. I feel like I definitely, it made me sympathize with Katniss so much more when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, than, than when I was when I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my favorite character is kind of a funny one, but it was my gut instinct when I was like drafting my notes for this. I'm going to go ahead and say Fezzik from The Princess Bride. Oh! Um, The Princess Bride, it was not by any means, like, my favorite book we read. I was kind of over it 75% of the way through. But Fezzik was the character that every time he showed up on page, I was like, oh, there's my little guy. You know, (laughs) like, I love him like I love my cats. Like, he's just a little bumbling do-do-do. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So that was my first instinct. My honorable mention as well is definitely White Alice. Um, I think we gushed quite a bit to Michelle Vince Sterling in our interview about how much we love them. And also I asked her numerous times about when I would be allowed to move in. She never gave me a definite move-in date. So that was a little bit of a bummer for me, but we're working on it. <laughs> we're working I'll on the White Alice. I'll send a follow-up email. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. My favorite villains of the story. Okay, hit I, me. I, I feel like you'll love this. Yeah. So, first one, my favorite villain from A Wizard of Earthsea, yourself. Mm. Yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You, yourself, the villain. Yes. And then I think the overarching theme of the entire season, especially in the sci-fi books. Yep. Capitalism, my favorite villain. <laughs> featured in Born, Camp Zero, and The Hunger Games. <laughs> oh my god. And Rage of Dragons a little bit. And, and the Rage of Dragons. Yeah, yeah, if we can if we sort of count militarism as like part of an extent of capitalism. Yeah. Absolutely right. do. And I asked. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely do that. And then my honorable mention is I also kind of liked Holland. So or like <laughs> Are, are not quite villain, but villain of yes. <laughs> A yes. Darker Shade of Magic. <laughs> yeah, well, Holland is hot. I yeah. think that's part of the thing. It's just the, that, like, Holland's a hot villain, you know? Yeah. Yes, also also capitalism, I think, plays a part in fledgling, too. So, yeah. yeah. Yep. Definitely was the, the it girl of our sci-fi fantasy season. <laughs> the it villain. Um, yeah. Yeah. That is hilarious what a smart fucking answer fuck you um (laughs) my favorite villain was mord (laughs) 
But um, again, Mord's just a victim of capitalism. Uh, yeah, no, Mord is just, um, yeah, capitalism's little weapon. Like, I loved him for his tragic backstory, and I loved him because he was a three-story tall floating bear. Yeah. That just did bear shit. You know, like yeah. hell yeah, like it's pretty pretty iconic. Yeah, I do, right. Like that's amazing. I do feel like what was fun about him as a villain was just that he was a bear sized up. Like he wasn't malicious. He was just yeah. running around being a bear. Yeah, um, but that caused he a didn't, lot of problems. He, he didn't seem to understand why he was so damn big either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Right. He was like, "Why are you guys throwing stuff at me?" That's just a bear. <laughs> You I'm know? just the bear. <laughs> right. Like, and that's that's why I love him so much. But um, yeah, capitalism is a better answer. And so <laughs> I, if we were playing for points, you would win for sure. That was so fucking funny. Um, I hate featured so smart. <laughs> featured across pretty much all of the books that we yeah, read. Absolutely. Capitalism as our great evil. Yeah. So... We went ahead and ranked these books from top to bottom, like our favorite to our least favorite. So what's your least favorite book of the season? Okay. In a shock to no one and to Teddy, who I'm assuming put the same book in 10th place, The Witch King, or sorry, Witch King by Martha Wells. (laughs) A struggle to read. A absolute struggle to read. Teddy, what's in 10th place for you? Darker Shade of magic oh (gasps) wow we're starting off with the first shock yes what (laughs) can i tell you why yeah tell me why witch king was shit to read make no mistake it's in ninth place (laughs) but when we were doing our list i like was looking at all the episode names and i had to google darker shade of magic to remember what book that was like, I was like, what is this again? Like, I just did not remember it at all. Yeah, I, like, just definitely didn't connect with it at all in a meaningful way. Like, I hated Witch King, but at least I had strong enough feelings about it to remember all of it. Yeah. And for Darker Shade, I was like, eh. there are very few shining bright moments for me in that book that I liked at yeah. all. Yeah. Yeah. I getcha. Okay. I getcha. What's in ninth place for you? Mine's Witch King. For the reasons that you stated. <laughs> well, mine's a darker shade of magic. <laughs> okay. We are friends and we have similar tastes. Yeah. Why is it so low for you? Well, I would say, I mean, to be fair, I am ranking it out of the other things that we read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. So It's not so, the worst book you've ever read. right? Exactly. Exactly. But I would say Darker Shade for me, I when I had listened to the audiobook, I really liked it. And then reading it as a, like a written book format really highlighted some of the lows of the book, yeah. I would say. Like really, really highlighted it. Um the like lack of some character development, the lack of a lot of things, and then I think I keep I keep thinking about what you said, Teddy, when we talked about that one, is that you were like, we never got to go mm-hmm. to Black London, mm-hmm. and that just made you so mad and I'm so pissed. Chekhov's fucking gun, people. If you're gonna make it interesting, we gotta go. <laughs> yeah, um, I kept thinking about that. 
Uh, I've thought about that multiple times since that we had that episode. <laughs> so that really made it plunge down in yeah. the rankings for me. Um, uh, it just, it just, uh, it just came down the rankings quite a bit for me. It, and while I think it's like a fun read, I don't think it's like amazing. Um, and we read a lot of amazing books this season. Like it's not that like, like we read fun and amazing books and this one was just fun. Yes. And yeah. Victoria Schwab, like just re- actually released a new one from the series mm-hmm. and I might, I might read it, yeah. but now I feel like a darker shade of magic. It's like, I've read um, a court of thorns and roses and like crest, the Crescent city series. And mm-hmm. I feel like those ones are like fun, bad yep. and a darker shade of magic now feels like so middle of the road mm. to me that it's like not one way or the other where I could like right. read it and be like, this is my guilty pleasure book because mm-hmm. it's like, silly and dumb and like a cw show it's just kind of like you know yes (laughs) in the middle cw show knocked me out yes exactly yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. this isn't the 100 what am i doing here right yes exactly which is what i feel like um like a core of thorns and roses and like sarah j mass is like to me that has it fits that that spot in me for sure but yeah do you have anything you want to add for witch king about it being number nine it just sucked. I I will say that I appreciated the effort. I really did. Like, I think I saw everything that went into it. It's just that it, like, it's one of those books that took a lot of work, but you can tell, you know, like you are yeah. taken out of it by being like, man, I see the labor in every word. And yeah. that's just so hard. Like, just because I really respect Martha Wells as an author, like yeah. really hardcore, and so this was really tough for me. Um, but yeah, I that, just that fucking hated one it. that one good chapter when they're underwater. Oh, I'm like, if the whole book was like that, it would have been great. Yeah, for sure. Um, what did you have in eighth place? I had Labyrinth Lost in eighth place. Me too. Let's talk you about too? why. Yes. <laughs> This is this is not looking so good. Yeah. <laughs> so Labyrinth Lost, I feel like pers- per, uh, perfectly serviceable story, <laughs> just like perfectly good, but nothing thrilling. Almost kind of what you said about Darker Shade of Magic. Yeah. You know, a l- a little more memorable than that, but I think it just was good. You know, it was like the perfect little YA read, but didn't provide me with much. Right. What do you feel? What do yeah, you? Yeah. I mean, like I think. I, yeah, I, when you said perfectly serviceable little story, it's like, yeah, exactly. I think part of it also, like, in terms of this being, we are not literary critics. This is just a taste list of, like, how we personally felt about these things. Like, I think part of it, if I'm looking at this list and, like, examining my tastes, it's like, I might just not like YA fantasy that much. Like, I think that's just part of it, like... So that was part of it for me. I really appreciated the world building that went into that story and like the sort of like very specific perspective that it had. Like I thought all of that was great, but like there was nothing incredibly groundbreaking or exciting about it for me. So it was just sort of like, meh, okay. Yeah. I read it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I appreciated them talking, like being very open about teenagers and teenagers, like relationships with each other. Like, oh, I yeah. felt like that was a really nice part of the book. For but sure. I wanted more of that than the actual fantasy elements of the story. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Right. Um, 
what did you have in seventh place? You're going first this time. Princess Bride. Me too. <laughs> Uh-oh. We didn't compare notes before. So, like, if we have the same list, this is going to be interesting. I, I, I'm confident it'll change. Okay. As shortly. we get higher up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I put Princess Bride at seven because it was fine. I said earlier in this episode that I was sort of done with it 75% of the way through. I think that's still true and is part of why it's in seventh place. Also, if William Goldman would just stop talking about how fat and annoying he finds his son. His I would, fake son. His fake son. The- that doesn't actually <laughs> exist, but I worry about his children. Like, I, <laughs> I would be so much less peeved at this book. But the truth is just that I found, like, fake William Goldman, who is, like, pretty close to real real William Goldman, like, kind of annoying. And so I was, like, not that into it. Um, Obviously, the movie is a classic. It has a special place in my heart. I think the meta narrative is cool. Definitely groundbreaking for what it did. But, it, you know, it was sort of towards the end of slog what about you what do you think yeah i think the pacing was off in that book for some reason it was like yes. i'd finish a chapter and i'd be like okay i'm good obviously the princess bride movie is like has a the a near and dear place in my heart Fezic is amazing yes Art, like um the satire in the story i really appreciated it that like for what mm-hmm. that was but it didn't have the nostalgia let me down when I read it. Yeah. Because I, w- I had read it when I was like maybe 11 and I was like, this is so hilarious mm-hmm. in a way that only an 11 year old would think that that book is the funniest thing on the planet. Yeah. So. Yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> you know, one really good thing that I'll say about The Princess Bride that like definitely bumped it from the bottom was that the secondary characters were so endearing and fun. Yes. Like I, I just was right. Like Fezzik was my favorite character of the season. Like I yeah. loved the secondaries like i had yes. a great time with the b-list celebrities of that book absolutely what'd you have next okay i think you might yell at me for this one mm. i put fledgling <gasps> me too there me too. oh you did <laughs> <laughs> this is getting a little ridiculous um yeah. i know it's gonna change i know it's gonna change okay Don't worry. okay um fledgling why did you have it at six? Let's talk about why we both put it there. I love Octavia Butler. Mm-hmm. I just didn't love this Octavia Butler that much. Yep. And um, I loved shining moments in the story. Mm-hmm. But upon reflection, the child body but adult vampire thing is still just really squigs me out. Yep. Yeah. It was what about you? Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, yeah, I think... This is probably, like, again, this is just within the context of this season. Like, it's, yes. it's an amazing book on its own. Um, but, right, like, I have read Parable of the Sower and been mortified and shocked and cried and given myself anxiety. And this book did not do any of those things for me. I think that, like, Octavia suffered a little on my list from, like, me being like, ugh, but I love so many of her other things better. Yeah. And so I that's think that I, that's probably part of what's happening here, that she did not make the top five for this season. I just also, it, like, again, not being literary critics, yep. it's like the other, the books above it are the, I enjoyed reading them more. Right. It's not that they're but necessarily that's... better books. Right. I have, oh yeah, we still have to get to the Hunger Games. Like, 
Yeah. There's yeah. no way that any literary critic would be like, the Hunger Games are better than Fledgling. Like, yeah. But I would say from, um, for me, from like nine or eight up, I enjoyed reading every single one of the books. Yes. Yeah. You know? Yes. I enjoyed reading them. Yes. Um, so it's just more about which one I enjoyed more. Yep. Reading. Yep. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. What did you have for number five? Rage of Dragons. <laughs> did you fucking have Rage of Dragons? Me too. Oh my God. <laughs> we have the same brain cell. This I don't know is, what to say. We were just bouncing it back and forth. Okay. So I put Rage of Dragons in fifth. Like it was, so this is right. We're getting right into the middle. I had a horrible time with the first quarter of that book. Yeah. I was just like, get to the fucking point. And then after that, I was like, I'm watching a movie and every cut is fantastic. I was really kind of obsessed with it. And I also chose it for a meta reason, which is just that like Evan Winter fucking did the thing, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And like, I think that's a fucking rad. Like, I think it provides like for other meta reasons, I think it provides like an intensely needed voice to the genre of high fantasy i had a little trouble uh getting into the high fantasy parts of it and like all the vocabulary words but i think it was really smart and well done give me class revolt energy every day and i will eat it up with a spoon (laughs) like i you know like i genuinely did have like a really good time and i gasped uh, multiple times throughout this book like yeah. it, it did its job it was perfectly serviceable for what it was you know yeah what say you? absolutely yeah um i i agree with everything you said and i would say that like this it was probably the book that i was most excited to read for yeah. the season and talk about but upon my rereading of it it was the the zuri and the women's characterization yeah. in the book that really like held me back from ranking it higher because it got worse the second time that I read it. But like you said, it's a great book still. I wouldn't say that to like deter anybody from reading it, especially if they already like military fantasy or like combat fantasies, because that's this book will hit all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, I just wish that Zuri was a little bit more fleshed out. Really? That's what I really, really wish. I do have high hopes for the sequel that Siora will have a personality yeah that's my that's my hope and dream mine too mine too would you have in fourth place and here's where i think we'll diverge okay i'm ready i i i had born in number four fuck you why (laughs) (laughs) i love i love that you're being like and this just means it's about how we enjoyed it and then i had (laughs) number four and you're like go die (laughs) (laughs) um there are no wrong answers but why did you give that wrong answer we're in the top four, okay? This is hard, right, all right? right. Yeah, um, Born, I think I liked it more when we talked about than actually reading it. Mm-hmm. Our discussion made me enjoy Born a lot more, and I really appreciated the themes, the writing, um, all of it about it, but I wasn't like, I'm not ready to get a more tattoo. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Yeah, I know the momification of Rachel was yeah. a big sticking point. Um, yeah, yeah, but I, I really, really appreciated it. And I really appreciated the discussion on like what is a human 
yeah and what makes somebody a human being um i just think like i said when we talked about it um dystopian fiction or like uh post-apocalyptic fiction makes me really itchy yes yeah (laughs) i get like worked up and nervous while i read it um but it it was like a thinker for me which there's obviously of course nothing wrong with that but i would say my actual discussion of the value of it made me appreciate it more than when i was sitting there and reading it which is good but just makes it number four for me yeah i think it was definitely our born episode was maybe our first episode where we were like oh shit that was a good episode Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, Absolutely. So, what did you have at number four? I'm making a scared face. The Hunger Games. Okay. I. They were such a laugh riot. Like I had such a good time reading the Hunger Games. I was like, really, hanging out with my inner teenager. We were having a really great time. I like really loved, the experience of like going back and reading a book that like I think I laughed at a little bit in high school and being like oh this is fun I'm having a good time and this book has a lot to say I went and read the rest of the series um yeah which is a huge endorsement for me I never read fucking series unless it's the Scholomance series um (laughs) yeah I generally had a really good time in terms like the only reason it's number four is because that there were there were like other books that I liked more. I had nothing against it. I had like almost no critiques <laughs> of the book. Yeah. Like, yeah, I just had a really good time, but yeah. I just liked other shit more. Yeah. Mm, what'd you have for three? The Hunger Games. Uh-huh. Yes. Tell the me Hunger more. Games. The Hunger Games. Basically everything that you just said, I think my top three are books that I would recommend to anyone and say, and really, really enjoyed. I, just really liked reading it again and it as i said when uh we were talking about characters like it made me go back and really appreciate what that book was and what it was saying um and i think our like deep dive into was the hunger games a ripoff of the battle royale like that also made me appreciate it more um Mm -hmm. and like understand more like the thematic literary elements of the book that have been around like those concepts that have been around for hundreds of years and also just kind of iconic to have a book about revolution for middle schoolers. Yep. Get yeah. in there. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that is iconic. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Um, what did you have for number three? Wizard of Earthsea. Okay. Interesting. 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 Yeah. I do feel a little funny about like my top two favorite authors of all time being Octavia Butler and Ursula K. Le Guin <laughs> and neither of them being in the number one spot on this list. Um, both of them I've read yeah we all know what's at your number one don't worry (laughs) no comment at this (laughs) um yeah I think like I've read similarly to Octavia I've read like other books by Ursula that I really enjoyed more like The Dispossessed and Left Hand of Darkness that like hit a different spot both of them are closer to speculative fiction or sci-fi than this fantasy Ursula um I loved Ged being his own problem yeah, that was fabulous. If you have not yet seen my mood board TikTok about Wizard of Earthsea, please go <laughs> check it out. Um, I, yeah, I had a really great time. I loved bopping around the world. I loved my illustrated maps that appeared at opportune moments throughout my text. I, I yeah, I loved the journey of it. There was something very Lord of the Rings about the journey. Yeah, in a way that like felt really good. 
Um, and it was like a close, you said it was one of your favorite worlds of the season. And it definitely was something that I thought about in that, like, I think that like the hunger games was the most fun to read about the world and like to uncover new things for me. But a wizard of earth sea was the most fun to live in yeah. for me. Like Absolutely. I really enjoyed cottage core girlies read a wizard of earth sea. You know what I mean? Like that's what I'm saying. Um, so yeah, that's, that's it for me. I get it. Your number two book. My number two book was camp zero. <gasps> me too. <laughs> fabulous yeah say more shout out to michelle man sterling um the nicest person i've ever talked to on the planet i would just say that camp zero when we talked about it i remembered very similarly for what i just said about the hunger games is that i think it's amazing that there is a book about revolution for middle schoolers and then i love that there's a book like camp zero for adults that Mm. is saying like no holds barred like this, these are problems. These are the problems that we're having, and there are radical solutions to these problems. And although the book doesn't necessarily pose a solution, it does give us, like, some of the most, like, anti-capitalist text that I think I've read in, like, a fiction book. That it does, She just didn't hold back at all when writing the story, which I think, when we talked about it, we talked about how that's a very brave thing to do if you want to get a book published. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I just loved it. I loved White Alice. That story it's that story made me gasp. I was so into it. It made me like mad and happy and like everything. So what about you? What do you have to say about Camp Zero? Yeah, I mean, I wanna fuck every member of White Alice. I love them all. <laughs> and then then we'll get married. It's okay. And then um Wynn already knows about this. Like he's on board, it's fine. Um I think I <laughs> also like in the genre of great speculative fiction, this is like cream of the crop. Like yeah. this is how you do it. You know, I every character was meaningful and fleshed out and amazing and like some of them you loved to hate and some of them you hated to love. Like it was just like yeah, so complex and like just so well done there were so many moving pieces that came together in just the right way and like we've talked about this that you like the itchy feeling where you're like I just kind of want to feel like it's resolvable even yeah. if it's not resolved and I am like no fuck it I don't want that and I think yeah. this book sort of gave me that in its own way and I think it's cool that you also feel that it gave you what you needed and yeah I think it's an incredibly brave book I will also say that like Talking with Michelle Min Sterling about it also made me feel much more emotionally attached to it in that mm-hmm. like she was able to provide a lot of incredible context for her thought process that really made me feel like, ugh, of course, fabulous. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely agree. Okay, well, my number one book was Born. <laughs> <laughs> Um, some keywords that I'm going to throw out for you. Yeah. About why this is my number one book. Mort. <laughs> is the first keyword. The second keyword is going to be sampling. <laughs> Mort, or Born just samples. He's a little yeah. sampler, you know? Yeah. Um, but right. All the things that you said when you were talking about Born in whatever fourth place is like, yeah, this is 
it's just one of those books that is like so radically weird that I can't help but to love it. And also like asks some really important, incredible questions about like, what is humanity? What is humanity capable of? What does it mean to be a person? Yeah. Um, what does it mean to love something that might not be a person? Yeah. Um, and then wrapped it up all into this like beautiful package of a dying city with a giant bear. And I was yeah. like, oh yeah, get me in. Um, <laughs> I haven't done the math, so I don't know what you haven't said yet. What's your favorite from the season? A Wizard of Earthsea. Fab, 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 fab. Amazing. Yeah. Wizard of Earthsea. I feel like, you know, when a book just comes to you at the right time, at the right moment when you're reading it and you're like, oh, I'll go all in on this. I like, you know. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I really felt like with A Wizard of Earthsea. Um, I do like definitely appreciate some Ursula K. Le Guin more than A Wizard of Earthsea, but I just wish... That I could go back in time and have my middle school self read the series. But I love it. It's like a series that helps me reconnect with my middle school self, I feel. Um, Similarly with The Hunger Games. But I feel like young Sarah would have really appreciated A Wizard of the Sea. Um, And I just think it's beautifully written. And I can't Mm -hmm. get over um, Ursula K. Le Guin's afterward where she's like... Writing for young adults isn't that different than writing for adults. Like, young people read as if, and sometimes it does, their life depends on it. And I, like, can't stop thinking about that when I read them. Because I just love that she just doesn't hold back on it. It's, like, yeah. accessible reads, but it's not like it's, like, and no shade to Labyrinth Lost, but it's, Labyrinth Lost, like, I think holds back because it's for young people. Whereas yeah. I feel like... It's almost the opposite with Ursula K. Le Guin. She's right. like, includes more because she knows it's for young people, which I really appreciate. So I just, I loved it. It's quickly becoming one of my favorites. And then I read The Tombs of Adewan and it's just, that's so good too. It and I have the good. the third one is ready to pick up the library today. So, yeah, <laughs> you know. No, that's fabulous. Yeah. yeah. I think, yeah. Thank you for sharing all of that. That was like. Yeah, that made me feel feelings. And, like, the the prose in Wizard is just so good. And, like, yeah, I think you're right that, like, it was healing a little bit to read a young adult fantasy novel that had just as much to say as an adult fantasy novel. um, Absolutely. But was still a romping adventure. (laughs) I agree. So we picked our books for this season sort of based on, you know, some of our favorites, some things that we were excited to read. Um, We did sort of a mishmash. Yeah. But there were a lot of great science fiction and fantasy books. I know that we both love this genre as a whole. Yeah. And I guess I'm curious, like, what are some of your favorite sci-fi or fantasy books that we didn't get to read for the show? Okay, so some of my favorites that we did not read were mentioned many times on the podcast in the book recommendation recommendation section. Um, starting off with the adventures of Amina Al-Sarafi by Shannon Chakraborty. What? I just was one of my favorite books that I read this year, if not so far my favorite. Um, I just loved it so much. If you just love stories about rogues, a, a lovable band of rogues like if you like the show um 
our flag means death. Like, I feel like you would love the adventures of Amina al-Sarafi. Um, and then, um, also by Shannon Chakraborty, but under the name of S.A. Chakraborty, is the Devabod trilogy. That is one of my all-time favorites. The audiobooks for that are impeccable. Um, Priory of the Orange Tree for the high, the high fantasy. Of course, if you haven't taken a stab at reading A Song of Ice and Fire, I feel like that is like the pinnacle of high fantasy at this point. Um, uh, I just love A Song of Ice and Fire. Don't let the show scare you because the books are so different. Um, and then, um, for sci-fi or more speculative, it would be Parable of the Sower. Um, that one, absolutely all-time favorite, um. And then, I don't know if this counts, but I just read Frankenstein for the first time. And while Frankenstein is, of course, attributed mostly to horror, I do feel like it also has a ton of sci-fi elements in it. So, and similar, uh, much, very many similar themes to Bourne. Um, what about you? Okay, obviously Parable of the Sower. Let's just get that off the, off the list. Duh. Um... The Broken Earth Trilogy by N.K. Jemisin. We talked a lot about potentially reading some N.K. for this podcast and then ultimately decided not to, but The Broken Earth Trilogy is that perfect blend of science fiction and fantasy. It is told from a distinctly Black perspective in a way that is, like, so amazing. Um, Just, like, one of the best science fiction or fantasy series I've ever read in my life. Children of Time by Adrian Tchaikovsky. Also, if you're thinking about like what is a person, um, don't read it if you're not interested in reading about spiders, um, <laughs> because this book is about sentient spiders. Um, but is like intensely wonderful and fabulous and like heart wrenching and very good. Um, the Dispossessed by Ursula K. Le Guin. Get in there. Read about different ways of thinking about how society works. It is incredible only ursula could write this book and she does it so so well um we didn't talk about this i did i never managed to recommend it It never like quite fit with what we were doing um but manhunt by gretchen felker martin is a distinctly trans book about the end of the world um and what happens if testosterone turns uh people into zombies Um, and it's incredibly scary and also has like the most amazing queer commentary in the world. Um, I'm obsessed with it. Um, I gotta say it, the Murderbot Diaries by Martha Wells. I know we did not do a good job of selling Martha to you this season. And that's, that's truly my B. Um, I got excited. We should have just read (laughs) the first Murderbot book. Yeah. Um, (laughs) They are truly, like, some of the most incredible books I have ever read in the science fiction genre. Um, again, if you love a group of rogues, get in there. I think that this also has very Our Flag Means Death vibes. Um, similarly smart, similarly funny, incredible stuff. Um, the Monk and Robot duology uh, by Becky Chambers. Um if you are like, I want sci-fi, but I don't want to feel sad. <laughs> um, these are the books for you. Also, if you like philosophy. And then the last one, just to piss off Sarah, and also because I read the whole series in four days, uh, The Scholomance Books by Naomi Novik. 
kill your inner child from Harry Potter. Do it, do it, do it, do it. Sarah's really rolling her eyes at me right now. Do it. The books are just bad. They're not. They're really good. (laughs) That first book probably has one of my least favorite main characters of all time. I loved it. Read it. I feel like all it was was just being like, I'm just so bad. No one could ever like me. Not true. <laughs> and no, this person couldn't like me because I'm just so bad. Incorrect. I'm such a bad person. And I was like, oh, sh- ah! she's an incredibly complex character. Don't let Sarah <laughs> bully you. Uh, no. Okay. We Moving. Need to move on before, <laughs> before we have a real friend fight. <laughs> Sarah, do you want to announce our next season? Um, can you hit me with another drum roll? <laughs> for next season, we are going to be doing horror for our genre. Woo! Or should I say... <laughs> we don't have a date set yet for when we're going to start doing the new season, um, but so just keep your eyes out for that. Um, we are going to do some fun, maybe in-between episodes um, that cover just more general topics when it comes to books, readings, maybe libraries in general. Um, so keep your eyes out and your ears out for that. And we're also instituting a new rule for next season where neither of us have read the book before. It's going to be yes. everything is all new for all of, all of the things. Um, exactly so it's a true read-along um come join us in experiencing these books for the first time yes um yes and if you want to know where you need to go to find out what we're going to be reading what reading and when we're going to start reading it you can find us on social media at at shelving cart on instagram twitter youtube tumblr and tiktok and you can email us at shelvingcart at gmail.com okay bye bye Thank you for listening to Shelving Cart. Shelving Cart was created, written, and recorded by Sarah and Teddy, edited by Sarah, and the theme music is by Kate Gardine. If you enjoyed listening to our podcast, please rate and review us on any of your podcast listening apps. We greatly appreciate it.